This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to the show. Ahead, NHL Central Scouting has released its midterm rankings in medicine at Tigers forward Caden Lidstrom. He's ranked third amongst North American skaters. Caden will lead the way with us in moments. The Everett Silvertips decided not to make a big splash at the trade deadline. Their head coach and GM Dennis Williams explains their plan. Terry Ryan, he's been the biggest story in hockey this past week. A 47-year-old former WHLer telling quite the story after playing in his first pro game in over 20 years. We'll have more on that. And what a debut for Matt Savoy with the Moose Jaw Warriors. He is the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. We'll have more with the Buffalo Sabres' top prospect. First up. Hey, NHL Central Scouting Rankings releasing its midterm rankings. And at the top amongst WHL skaters and ranked third across the board for North American skaters was Caden Lindstrom of the Medicine Hat Tigers, who was having just a great season with the Tigers. Uh, 27 goals already this season. He joins us. Uh, Caden, first of all, uh, I know you'll you'll miss top prospects due to an injury. Uh, that has to be a bit disappointing considering how your season was going. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit disappointing. Obviously, I was I was really looking forward to it before Christmas there, before I got injured. But but yeah, it is it is what it is. But yeah, I was yeah. Yeah, the game you play, you know, like that power forward type role. You know, you're you're physically gifted. Uh, it's it's almost like a bit of a a dying breed uh, in hockey here. But uh, that's why I think you know the way you play the game. Obviously, scouts take notice, uh, and it's been a good year for you. What's clicked uh, in Medicine Hat this season, Caden? Uh yeah, honestly, I uh, I just went into the uh, the summer before the season, just just trying to improve uh, my game and my skating and my skills and my shot and all that. So so just coming into the season, I had a uh, I just I just set a couple goals for myself, personal goals and team goals as well. So that that might have played a big factor. So yeah. Rankings come out. I'm not sure how much stock you put in all this, but uh, third in North America was that eye-opening for you, or was it maybe a little bit of uh, you know respect on the name considering the season you're having? Honestly, I just try not to try not to look at that and just think about the rankings too much. I just uh, I just try and stick to my game and just just know what I can do on the ice because no matter what the ranking is, I I know I know what I have to work on. So yeah. Let's talk about your season there in Medicine Hat. You have a real sort of team on the rise, and I say team on the rise, and you're you're leading the Central Division uh, right now. What's what's clicked in Medicine Hat? You guys are scoring goals uh, each and every night. It seems like you know you're putting up six, seven, sometimes eight. I mean that's what we do in Medicine Hat. We uh we uh we obviously love to win. So uh, yeah, we we all of us are really are really training hard and putting the work in and practice and off the ice. So. So, yeah, that, that, that probably plays a big factor into it. Caden, yeah. when we look at your hockey background, you came from, from Chetwin, and you had to relocate uh, and head to the Lower Mainland to go to Delta Hockey Academy. I'm sure that was, you know, at that point of your life, being a young guy, being, what, 14, uh, that was a, a pretty major decision for you and your family. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was coming from a small town like that and, uh, uh, jumping, jumping up to the big city in in less than in just one summer. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big jump, and uh, it was definitely hard for for me and my family, and just being away from the family and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I, I thought it was a pretty good decision to to go to go to the next level in my in my uh, minor hockey career. So, yeah. What was the biggest uh, adjustment from going from like the Chetland Minor Hockey Association to to uh, you know the CSSHL and uh, and a team like Delta? 
uh, yeah, it was, it was a, definitely a big eye opener to see all the all the talent and stuff like that, and just uh, all the great players that are in that are in that little league there. So, yeah, it was it was definitely a big eye opener for me. But I thought I thought uh, it made me better just to see all those guys and knowing knowing what I have to do and what I have to work on. So. You know, and you almost hid a little bit on that team. There was a, a, a highly touted top line, three players we see in the WHL, all having good years. Miguel Marcus in Lethbridge, Jordan Gavin in Tri-City, Tommy Mercek, a teammate of yours uh, in Medicine Hat. You were able to almost kind of hide on that second line a little bit here. Um, what was it like playing on that team? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm guessing you've seen it already, but we uh, we we definitely dominated in that in that league, so... It was fun, but also maybe we needed a little bit more, I guess you could say, like competition and, and people to compete with, really. But I thought it was a good development year for all of us to really develop our skills and all that. So, yeah. You were a third-round WHL pick, and that's for a, a varying amount of reasons here. But being a third-round pick and now being the third overall skater amongst uh, North American skaters, according to NHL Central Scouting, it's been quite the rise for you. Have you thought about how far you've come here in the last year or two? Uh, I, I've, I've thought about it a little bit, but uh, there's still, like I said before, uh, there's still a lot of things I, I need to improve on. So, I try, I, like I said, I try not to think about it too much. Because I know I know what I need to work on, and uh, improve even more my strengths. So yeah, you know it's crazy. There's a other side of this when you know you're a highly touted guy going into the draft. You're doing interviews. You just got off the phone doing one. We're doing one right now. You'll be meeting with NHL teams. How comfortable are you doing that? And is that something you expected? Yeah, I kind of I kind of expected all the all the interviews and stuff, but just. Uh, I expect it, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about uh, your game. Uh, power forward type player. Got some skill. I saw you uh, earlier in the season uh, live. Um, and I think you're a guy that can, you know, not only take over the game a bit physically, uh, you have some skill too. So take me through sort of what player, when an NHL scout says, what are you as a player, what do you tell them? I tell them I'm just a big power forward that can skate and with, with uh, lots of skills. So, uh, yeah, and I and I think I have pretty good hockey sense as well, so I get I can make plays as well, or and uh, be used on uh, any 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 part of the ice, whether it's penalty kill, uh, or power play, or just a power forward role. So, hockey influences for you. Who did you look up to growing up, or who do you still look up to and try to maybe take a piece of their game and use it in yours? Well, obviously, growing up, I always looked up to Sidney Crosby. Just uh, just watch him uh, growing up because. Uh, he, he he came into the league the year I was born, so just growing up watching him was just was just amazing. So I always try and I always try and take uh, take some take some notes off of him. So yeah, I'd say I I resemble a little bit like Rupe Hints uh, off of Dallas. There, mm-hmm. I think we uh, I think we have the same attributes: uh, speed, skill, big body, centerman. So yeah. Final question here for you, Caden. Uh, the the Tigers uh, have been a wagon at times this season. We talk about how you guys have scored goals. The playoffs are on the horizon here. Can the Tigers make some noise out east? Considering we've seen Moosja, we've seen Swift Current, we've seen Saskatoon load up. Uh, what can the Tigers do against some of these teams that have made some massive moves? Yeah, I think we could do as much as we did uh, in the first half. And uh, we're only worried about like what we can do. So, yeah, we're not too worried about them. 
So I feel we're just going to keep playing how we know how to play and just use our skill and speed and size and all that and physicality. All right. Well, we look forward to you getting back uh, in the lineup here. Uh, great first half of your season. Once you get back there with the Tigers, you guys will be a force here for sure. So thanks for being our guest. Uh, Caden here on WHL this week. Good luck in the second half. Yeah, thank you. From the drop of the puck to the Ed Chenault Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. The Everett Silvertips are competing for a U.S. Division banner and the first seed in the Western Conference. On deadline day, Silvertips decided not to use a stockpile of draft picks to make a major move. I spoke with head coach GM Dennis Williams. We discussed a lot, Mike Fraser and I. Um, you know, we made a trade earlier on uh, in the week prior for a 20 year old defenseman in Bergie uh, coming over from um, uh, Regina Pats. And, you know, as we were looking at the trade deadline, we, we've had for the last probably well, a good part of two to three months two or three, four guys out, you know, quite a bit of time and missing quite a few games. And so the month of December, we had seven out that were all coming back into our lineup. So we've been able to get six of those guys back in, you know, from our time in December, one being uh, Dominic Ryman playing overseas, the World Juniors. But, um, you know, we, we definitely, we kept our ears to the ground. We were listening. Um, you know, we, we kind of liked where our team was at. We made some moves in the in the summertime to pick up uh, Caden Brown and some other pieces. So, um, you know, when, when uh, when the, when the trade started move, there were some, some, uh, some guys got some good prices, you know, in regards in terms of, uh, returns. And we wanted to kind of stand put if we thought there was a move that would definitely help our group, but we never feel as an organization, one player, you know, will really win us a series. We believe, you know, one player can win you a game, but the team will, will win us a series. So we, we stood put. Yeah, with that said, you got a lot of draft capital. you got some firepower there. It's not going anywhere. Uh, you'll have it again. But uh, there was probably teams coming to you to say, hey, we got a high-end guy. you got draft picks. Let's make a deal. Yeah, I was talking to a few other teams that have a lot of picks. And, and you know, what they? I think sometimes what people sometimes think is because you have a lot of picks, they kind of devalue them. They just want you to keep throwing in as many as you want, you know. And uh, and it was it was it was tough at times, but we we had to sit back and you know our decisions are always looked at not just for one year, but for multiple years out. You know, we've always talked with our with our ownership group and and our, our president and our staff is you know we always want to have uh, a, su- a successful team night, uh, year year in and year out. And we just felt right now with where we were at, we we're happy with our group. Uh, like I said, if we thought we could add a piece, great. If we didn't, we were okay with that too so um you know but as you mentioned we do have some some assets over the next you know few years and you know we'll re- reevaluate in the off season come draft time see where we're at for the following season and where we are at next uh, at the next year's uh, draft um, deadline you know we're going to go out there with, the, with our mindset that this is our first game with with our new club with everybody back and we're just going to try to put our best foot forward final question i want to ask you about uh, world juniors in canada didn't go their way you coached them to a gold medal last year this year they don't get to the quarter or they get eliminated in the quarter finals when you wear the hockey canada logo um you know that hits a bit closer to home here what did you see in that tournament it's such a hard tournament i tell people that all the time like you don't sleep as a coach you know and and uh we were in the edmonton one where we didn't lose and obviously we lost game one to Czechia last year and and uh you know from a coaching standpoint your uh, your heart rate and stress levels up from the beginning to the end and uh, i felt for them you know because uh, it, it's it's so 
you know, they put so much pressure on, on the World Juniors and Canadians. I was saying that when I was there. Like, you know, and, and not only are you supposed to win, you're supposed to win by five or six goals, yeah. too. Like, it's not, it, it, yeah, it, it really comes down to, you know, how, how, how nice of a win it is or, or you get critiqued on that. But, but the other countries are, are they're coming, you know, and, and, and in one game, and in, in that in that game to Czechia, you know, where the where it goes off, I think Bonk's leg and off the post, like with whatever seconds left, like you talk about just that sums up the tournament, really. You know, like it it and both the times we were there in the finals, we had two nothing leads going in the third, held the game before you know it's two two going overtime. You're thinking, holy, what's what now goes on? You know, so um, you know, obviously Canada is going to do a great job of reevaluating, getting ready for next season, and and uh, but I've always said all along, really, is that. You know, I, I there's a lot of pressure on those players and coaches, like when you're there, and and I think what we need to start to to do overall is a better job. I think is is trying to e- alleviate that pressure from those players because they already know they got everybody watching them, whether it's their hometown, club teams, coaches, the the whole country gets up at whatever time of the morning to watch. I got up at it was four o'clock or four thirty to, to watch them, you know. And um, but you know, it's 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 a it's a valuable experience. I think no matter what what occurs over there and I think not only will the players and the staff they'll take away a lot of positives from 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 the tournament still the Western Hockey League player of the week the newest member of the Moose Jaw Warriors the Tempo WHL player of the week he'll blow a tire though Matthew Savoy will get control Savoy high slot scores oh baby welcome to Moose Jaw Matthew Savoy short-handed what a shot! Oh man, uh, that was beautiful. James Gallo on the call in Moose Jaw as Savoy debuted with a five-point game. Two goals, three assists, and a 7-2 victory over the visiting Vancouver Giants. Now, Savoy acquired by Moose Jaw back on January 4th in a blockbuster deal that saw seven WHL draft picks head to the Wenatchee Wild. Savoy joined the Warriors post-game show following his debut. I think it was just a lot of excitement for me. Um, you know, I bounced around a few different teams this year, so I don't think I was uh, uh, too, too nervous to put on a new uniform. I think the guys that I was with in Sweden as well made it really easy to, you know, acclimate myself in this team and, um, you know, just join right from when I got here. His performance came after his first game coming off World Juniors. I've been off the ice for, um, you know, just about a week, eight days. So, um, you know, I was main thing for me, honestly, was just trying to find my legs, get my touches back, um, you know, get, get back into a game situation. And uh, it just came really easy tonight just with the guys I was playing with. Um, you know, the pucks they were getting me, the open chances I had, and uh, it was a lot of fun out there. Savoy told the Warriors post-game show he feels comfortable with his new team, reunited with Denton Matejchuk, Braden Jaeger, and Jagger Furkus. And obviously those connections I made it while I was over in Sweden there, um, just three really good guys that, that I got really close with in those three, four weeks that we were down there. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of appeal coming to a team like this that, you know, has some really good players, has a really good chance to, to do something special in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited about, about the trade and um, getting a chance to come down and play here. And he's hoping to lead the way towards an Ed Chinouth Cup, which would be the first in Warriors franchise history. You know, I'm really excited to come and be a part of this group and, um, and push for to do something special with them, I think. You know, the group they have in that locker room is, is really tight-knit and, um, and all the guys are always hanging out, it seems like. So I think this was a place I really wanted to come to and, and have an impact on. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition.
WHL alumni Terry Ryan was the center of the hockey universe this past week. The former first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens played his first pro hockey game in over 20 years when he suited up for his hometown Newfoundland Growlers of the ECHL on his 47th birthday. I would be lying to you if I said I was a little bit more nervous than I let on. Um, yeah, I've played before, but we're talking... I was joking with the guys, you know, you get sent down for two weeks, but two decades is a little much. Uh, but to be quite honest, I'm glad that I skate with the guys. So I skate four or five times a week. I play a lot of ball hockey now. Some people will laugh, but I, I just figure if I had the cardio, at least a fraction of it that I could go out and not embarrass and, and try to be a sufficient player out there for my hometown team. Ryan is a former member of the Tri-City Americans and the Red Deer Rebels from 1993 to 1997. Now, he left the game for a number of years, admitting he had lost the joy of the game. And due to injuries, he got the call from the Growlers to help them out in a tough spot. This is up there with, just because of the odds of all this, it's up there with my first NHL game. And by, I don't know, but it's more unexpected and intriguing, just the way it went down. And... Um, yeah, it's, sorry, my, uh, my daughter was there. She, she just hadn't seen me ever play pro, and um, she's 13, and, you know, I just wanted to go out there. And I knew her and her friends were here, and I didn't want to embarrass, man. And I just kept thinking about it. And she's really, when she was born, my life just got so much better. I just, my pro career was even at that point almost a decade in the past. And I just didn't see this coming and, you know, just look up and, and see her there and to hear the ovation. I never thought I'd hear that ovation again in my life. Ryan, now an actor on the Crave series Shorzy, got involved in a scrap in the game, sticking up for a teammate. I had a lot of emotions going in and from my personal perspective, I'm, I'm happy with the way that my particular game went. And if that's my last shift of pro hockey, which it probably is, I think it's fitting that I fought for a guy that hit James Melindy. And I'll be always as content with that as any statistic you could throw at me. I just knew I could go out there and, 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 and not embarrass. I, I know in my own head, I just proved something to myself. It wasn't too fast for me. And it might be in three months from now. It might be in three years from now, I'll be 50 years old. But for right now, this moment that I'm in, I'll never forget it. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to our guests as well as the crew in Moose Jaw for their help. I'm John Keane. Have a great weekend.